Let's go. Welcome to the Loans on Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We, we, we give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans on Demand podcast. I hope you're ready for the Loans on Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents to put loan officers in the driver's seat. And today, we have a little bit of an interesting episode. We are going to be talking with Joe Brickman. He is the modern day agent. And you know what? I'm going to let him introduce himself. So what's up? Thank you so much for having me here. Like you said, I'm Joe Brickman, the modern day agent out here in sunny Miami, serving all of South Florida. Myself, my team, we built ourselves here to be able to support every single type of real estate transaction here. And like you said, I'm a real estate agent. I'm not a mortgage broker, not in the loan space at all, though I've been around that space for a really long time. I really love listening to your podcast and you know seeing everything that's going on between yourself and lots of other really successful people in this space, uh, both to learn and also apply the strategies. I mean, you and I go way back, man. So, you know, it's awesome to be, you know, once I plugged yeah. in here to, to the real estate space, just to leverage everything, you know, bounce ideas off of you, even plug into some of your programs, see how everything works. Uh, so it's an honor. And, you know, the big thing and the big reason why I got into real estate, I'm sure everybody here listening to this podcast knows exactly what's going on in your respective market, right? And I realized that there's a massive gap in people who actually give a shit about their clients and aren't just here to you know do refis or you know get get pre-approvals out but actually make the deal happen and push it from the beginning that actually care and caring for my clients has been one of those things that's exponentially helped me grow my business uh just in these last 18 months I've been licensed for 18 months man and it's been it's been fucking epic yeah that's awesome man you know you, you're just kind of like that modern success story right i mean you, you, the, the, but but at the same time like i know it didn't just come out of nowhere right you've put in the grind for years doing different businesses uh and, and so you know just because you've kind of seen some some pretty good success over the last 18 months that doesn't mean you already didn't you know have a bunch of struggles so, so talk a little bit about kind of your journey to kind of where you are today um and then kind of we'll, we'll get into some of the little strategies things like that that, that you used to grow your business for sure guys. man well yeah i love that you say that because a lot of people ask me the same question, you know, like, hey, Joe, I just got licensed. Like, what do I do? And I'm like, hey, this is a list of the 10 things that I did to get myself started in the business. And they're like, how did you figure that out? And I was like, well, you know, over the last eight, nine years, as I've been, you know, all in different angles and sales, I've been in seven different industries, sold everything from sex toys to, you know, loans, commercial loans and that type of stuff. And really just getting a good feel for the marketing, you know, what makes people tick. Uh, the number one thing that I realized, uh, you know, going back now, so 2015, I was homeless on a beach. Uh, I booked a one-way ticket from the uh, religious Jewish yeshiva school that I was in and uh, ended up on South Beach here uh, for a couple of months just trying to figure out my life. Uh, you know, lived through a lot of trauma growing up. Obviously grew up in a very loving home, things that my parents could ne never necessarily have prevented. Uh, but going through all those experiences really forced me to kind of grow up and figure life out a little earlier than most people. And for a really long time, I carried that as a problem. I carried it as an issue, as a reason, and as, as an excuse for me to not really boss up and become the person that I wanted to become. And the day that I was able to really confront all that and start working through all of it is really, you know, when I started working through uh, all of my trauma and all the issues that I had to become the person that I am today, kind of like, 
what we do in business. You know, we find people who are struggling, we find people who need our help, and then we figure out solutions. But a lot of times, even though we're the best solution providers, we can't necessarily provide for ourselves, figure these things out for ourselves. So learning how to take care of myself first and then offer my oxygen mask to other people has been something over the last seven, eight years has really been able to help me grow exponentially in everything that I've done. You know, I know a while back you had this um, post that you made laughing at real estate agents. Uh, everything I touch turns to sold, you know, and and it's true because if you switch that that mindset from, you know, everything you touch turns to sold to, hey, I'm going to figure out a, a way to make everything I touch work or to make everything I touch, you know, actually turn into a success or at least give it my very all. That's really the name of this game. It's, it's showing up 100% of the time and giving 100% of yourself to the other people. Obviously not if you're giving a blood transfusion, but when it comes to business, applying yourself 100% in order to serve other people. Yeah, man, I, I think that's huge because I think so many times people uh, forget the story and forget the background that people have. And so even myself, I know like a couple times I've seen people that have come into the marketing industry and have just exploded. And it's like, man, why did it, why did I go so much slower than they did? And you know, I'm sure there's people looking at me saying the same thing. Why did you know? Why did he grow so much faster than I did? Um, and, and there's always the the background, the story, the the journey that everybody has to go through in order to get to where they are. And there's there's life experiences that need to happen in order for you to level up and to grow to the point where you're uh, worthy, really worthy of that next level, worthy of the growth that you're really wanting, right? And so a lot of it comes down to like, okay, well, what are you doing to better yourself every single day? So many people want to, you know, be successful and yet every single day they sit down and, you know, they watch Netflix, they eat Cheetos on the couch, they don't do anything, right? Like, and so, you know, there's nothing wrong with watching Netflix, right? Like, but like, if you, you know, it's like what Gary Vaynerchuk says, like, if you're happy making $40,000 a year, great but if you complain about your situation and you're not doing anything to change that situation then that's your fault right you have to go out and find reasons ways that you can grow your business in a way that's different and that's kind of why i started this loans on a man podcast because really i wanted to give newer LOs and just LOs in general a way or a different thought process right think outside the box think of a different way that you can get business sure you can go to real estate agents and that, that's worked forever, right? Go to real estate agents, ask for their business, and you know, you'll get that business eventually, right? It's gonna take some time, but you'll get the business. You know, you might have a relationship, things like that. But you know, really what the show was really started for was to help loan officers again flip the status quo on real estate agents. But it's really more about thinking outside the box. How can you grow your business outside of the traditional ways? Outside of cold calling, not saying cold calling is bad, um, but what are other ways that you can grow your business that isn't necessarily the same way everybody else has always done it? Right. And I think one thing that you've done really well is you haven't always just stuck to the industry you're in. You found other industries to emulate. You've found marketers. You've you've bought courses. You've done all these things that most people are not willing to do. Right. Most people are not willing to invest in themselves. Most people are not willing to look outside of their own industry to find inspiration from other industries. Right. And I think something that we find even in the, in the marketing space is like, oh, what are all the marketers doing? I said, well, no, what about all the other brick and mortars? What is every other business in the world doing? What does an operations manager do in every other, you know, exactly. every other industry? What does a, you know, a marketing manager do in every other industry? How do they build SOPs? How do they build systems? How do they build standards for their employees? Right? If you think so close-minded to just sticking to your own business or your own type of business, I think you're going to miss out on a lot of inspiration. So I know that's one thing you've done really well. Man. So tell us a little bit about that, man, your journey into kind of learning all these. New yeah, things. man, I, I appreciate you, you know, taking note of that. Like that's the trick over here, you know, the trick. And I think for anybody who's listening to this podcast, you know, if you hang on over the next 30, 45 minutes, we're going to drop and cover a whole bunch of different things. 
um, things that I'm actually using right now. And that's another big thing that I've noticed with a lot of marketers, especially, you know, those pump and dump marketers where, yeah, they'll show up, you know, they'll look really good. They'll pump some money into ads. They'll get some people to sign up. But three to six months later, you have people messaging me like, hey, Joe, I spent, you know, 10 grand with this guy. Not really seeing many results. Um, you know, how are you doing what you're doing? And, you know, I say consistency and they go, yeah, but I burnt out, you know, or yeah, but I this. And the trick to this game, really, it's it's not about being successful overnight. It's not about finding a way, you know, to refi a hundred people in a month because, hey, look at where we're holding right now, right? Most of the refi kings are gone and they're struggling begging you, you know, to begging me as an agent, hey, let's, uh, you know, meet for coffee. And I'm like, dude, no, listen, I I don't want me for coffee. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I got plenty of people who want to buy me coffee and that's not what it's about. It's, it's about figuring out ways that you can service your clients. And by looking at different industries for inspiration, looking at other people who are successful in sales in general, um, you know, you're able to figure out one thing. What's the common right. denominator with every single person who's successful in sales? They have found a way to solve a problem for their target audience. They have found a way to be able to consistently deliver right. a solution where people do not have to think twice and never have to have, you know, any sort of second thoughts once they make that commitment to work with them. And that's the level of experience that and that I've really been striving to create for my clients, which is like, hey, look, you know, for instance, these sellers, um, two weeks ago, I met with them. They said, yeah, Joe, we're going to be ready to sign, you know, in the, in early June, right? As far as I know right now, we're what, May, May 13th, 10 days ago, I had them under, under a listing agreement, right? We signed the listing agreement. I already had everything done because I took the opportunity to listen to them, to see what their problems were. They had decided their own limitation. They decided, hey, we can only sell in June. But at the same time, they wanted to leave June 14th is when they wanted to pack up and move out. I was like, guys, what if I was able to get you sold right now and you can stay in your house until June 14th? So that's no problem. They're like, hey, well, if we can do that, then that's cool. And the trick to this, you know, both for obviously closing a deal, getting a listing, you know, active or even getting a loan or a pre-approval out is sometimes you have to find those out of the box creative solutions. And now if you just came to somebody with a creative solution and you're like, hey, I'm going to list your house for you now and you're going to move out on the 14th, um, that might not necessarily be what they need. You know, the only way I was able to do that and come up with that creative way to get them right. to sign was because of the fact that I took the opportunity to listen to them, to hear what their actual problems were, what their fears were, what they were nervous about. You know, lots of people, especially if you're doing the Facebook ads, dude, by the way, I got to tell you the Paragon stuff, uh, worth every single dollar, you know, like I was a little bit on the edge when I signed up for it. And, you know, just the quality of the things that come out from it. I mean, dude, I have a full time, like someone full time, just calling all that stuff. So that's awesome. Um, and, and from that, this is exactly where I'm taking this from that the, some of the people who call us, they're like, Oh yeah, but I'm working with another realtor. Yeah. I just work, work with another lender. You want me to get pre-approved with your lender? I'm nervous about my credit. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, there's a 45 day to 60 day window. Obviously we're, we're not credit gods. We don't know exactly what it is, but so long as you're within the 45 days, you're going to be fine. And being able to explain that to your client, you know, that, Hey, I can run your credit again. And so long as you're, we're applying for a loan and you're not going to go get a car, uh, you'll be fine. That is one of those big things that people don't even know. Obviously, if you came to someone off the bat and said, Hey, come get pre-approved with me. It doesn't make a difference if you were pre-approved before because your credit won't get hit. Hey, they might not even know that. And now you might have to spend an hour explaining to them the whole way how credit works. 
You're not a credit guru. You're a mortgage broker right. or, or a banker. You know, there are certain things that you can explain, and there are certain things that you can just brush over because you're you've already established that knowledge and expertise. And the trick to doing that, and that I've seen, is really just being consistent. You know, if someone Google's my name, Google's my number, they literally see the whole first page of Google is filled with reviews, filled with me, filled with different articles about me. You go to my Facebook, it's the same thing. Consistent posts of helping clients win, consistent posts of personal development. And creating that for your right target audience is is one of the best social proofs. Let's use a marketer word over here. You know, it's one of the best uh, social proofs that you can really create by actually getting out and I call it doing the do, right? Do think D-O-O with one of those shit emojis. Like that's doing it, going through the work, making it happen and putting things together. And there are some days that you will wake up and you won't necessarily be interested in doing it because you just did it yesterday, the day before, the day before, the day before, the day before. I have a little secret to tell you. You know, right, right. I make about 200 cold calls every single day. Do I need to make 200 cold calls every single day? Do I have to get out there and prospect for the business? No, I don't. Thank God I do not. You know, I have all these different lead generation platforms that we're running, social media, the Facebook, Instagram, paid ads, the organic traffic, the mailers, the community events, all that stuff to where my pipeline, thank God, is very full. But how do you keep the pipeline full? You keep the pipeline full by staying active and doing those things and then by also finding new ways and new avenues to keep sharpening the axe. Because if you don't continue sharpening the axe, at a certain point, the axe will dull out. And if you're still – and if you keep hitting, when the axe is dull, eventually you'll crack the head off the axe and then boom, there's no more axe. Now you have to figure out how to go get a new one. So it's not necessarily about trying right. to you know continuously do things because you have to do them in order to get business. But it's about doing those things just in order to stay in the groove and stay in the zone. And that's where most people give up. They give up in the repetitive consistency because it's repetitive, because it's consistent. And us as human beings, because we're creatures of habit, we get complacent and we get comfortable with where we're at. You know, if you're happy making 40K a year, you're happy making 60K a year, get the fuck out of the mortgage business because you don't belong here. This business is not here in order to make 40 grand a year. This business is to serve as many people as you can. And once you serve all those people, obviously you'll make money. But it's not here for you to just be able to replace your nine to five job with hustling because here's the deal. This business is so hard and so time consuming that if you think that you're going to trade out of some other business making 40K a year to keep making the same 40K a year, stay where you are or go back to where you were because this this is this is a, a, a business that takes real guts and blood and sweat and sometimes tears every single day. you got to show up 100%. Yeah, 100%. I, I think the, the thing that a lot of people forget about is, you know, think about loan officers and real estate agents, really they run their own businesses, right? Like, yeah, I know on the loan side, technically most people are W-2, you know, because of the, you know, thank you, Uncle Sam wanting to take your more of your money. But, uh, you know, it, it, the truth is, like, if you don't run your 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 business as a business, then you're, you're not going to... to to think like a business owner and really that's what you are right so if you think that you know you're an employee that's just not the truth and you're just going to continue to hit that uh what with the, the the hamster wheel right you're just going to continue to go around and around and around and spin your wheels and never get any momentum and so what i liked about what you said is is the consistency over time is going to create those uh results and i think so many times people focus on the results and don't understand that that's not something that's really controllable, right? That's not really in your control. What's controllable is the actions that you take to try to exactly. achieve those those goals, right? So that is making the cold calls, that is running the ads, that is doing all these things consistently over time. What's going to come from that is the, the, the results, right? So it's the conversation of leading versus lagging indicators, right? Do the things that you can control. The leading indicators are the things that you can control in the, in the moment, right? So talking to consumers, talking to more people, having conversations, like all of those things 
posting on social media. Like those are the things that you can control, the action. The things that you can't control are the results. Like I mean, you could have you could talk to 100 people today. And <laughs> Happens more often than not, bro. You know, that, you know just because that's because that's because that's the truth that could happen. But like you know, but if you do 100 calls every single day. There's, you're, you're bound to get some sales. Think about it like you're this. Start getting sales, and over time, hundred better, percent. Better, better, and, better. and I love you bringing that up. You know, the the, the hundred calls a day because that's a perfect number. Think about it like this, right? The ninety ten rule for anyone who's never heard of it. I'll get you familiar with it really quick, right? Ninety percent of your results are going to come from ten percent of your efforts, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you should only do ten percent. It means that, and the way I look at it, right, is that if I'm going to make hundred calls a day, right, I'll probably have like ten conversations. From those ten conversations, one person may or may not actually be ready to get pre proof. However, if I have 10 conversations, right. right, and I go through those 10 conversations and I talk to those people, those other nine people end up in another pipeline, which means that I'm still going to continue talking to them. And then it compounds itself. So I talk to 10 people today, 10 people tomorrow, right. 10 people tomorrow. If I do that five days a week, it's 50 people a week. Yes, only like three of those people might actually end up getting a pre-approved today. But if I'm still in this business in a year from now, that's a guarantee of having another 10% of those. Meaning it's a guarantee of another five deals coming through eventually. And then if I continue working that pipeline, that pipeline becomes right. even bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Then you have all these multiple pipelines to where you're working everything, but you're working things again with a different little bit of a strategy. And the repetition is what a lot of people don't like. You know, how many people, and be honest with yourself, if you're listening to this podcast, how many times have you skipped your fourth set in the gym? Because you've already done three and three is what m- most people do. And your trainer said to do four and you're like, ah, fuck it. I'm not feeling it. And you just bounce. Right. So having all of that out, like and pushing yourself to the next level is really the goal. You know, it's 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 finding that little bit that other people aren't doing in order to really level up and really tap into it, because you can continue doing everything you're doing right now. But there's a reason you're listening to this podcast. You're trying to grow. You're trying to get better. You're trying to continue adding to yourself. And the only way to do that is to actually continue doing something that you or start doing something that you're not already doing. That's how you grow. Right. Yeah. No, Absolutely. And I think one of the things that you kind of hit the nail on the head there is so many times, and again, just kind of going back to running a business is like so many times people get so caught up in this transactional minded uh, way of thinking, right? So you're thinking about today's business. That's all you think about. So you don't build the pipeline for the future. You don't have the people that are, you you don't care about the people that are out six months because you know what? Those aren't serious people, but like, guess what? Those people are going to be serious in six months. So if you stay in front of those people and the people that aren't going to be serious for 12 months and the people that aren't going to be serious for 24 months, I mean, unless you're trying to be in this business for like a year. Like you need to have those people uh, in there. Otherwise, you're going to continue to stay on that hamster wheel again. So many times you see people that are closing two, three, four deals a month. Guess what? They continue to close two, three, four deals a month, and they're always busy. They're always too mm-hmm. busy to do their things. And guess what? That's because most of the time, instead of doing revenue generating activities, they're processing a loan, they're chasing conditions, they're talking to borrowers. Like, no, you need to spend ninety percent of your time. Mm-hmm. We talked about this ninety ten. Ninety percent of your time doing revenue generating activities. Your sales call it the fast five. If you don't want to be a salesperson, yeah, man. I mean, you got to stay in there. You know, a lot of people chase what's called the fast five. You ever seen the movie Fast Five? What's the whole movie? The whole movie is around the same uh-huh. thing, right? Where they keep doing the same thing again and again and again and again and again until one of them busts. Until you know they crash, someone dies, like the whole movie falls apart. That's the idea, right? That where you can be continuing to do what you're comfortable with, which is getting your fast five deals. And that's all you want to do is your five deals a month and you're happy with that. But you don't end up growing that way. You don't end up pushing yourself into another level if you just continue doing what you're doing. If you are going to treat yourself as an employee because of your tax status, then that's exactly what will continue happening. You know, I'm trying to be in a spot where it doesn't make a difference if I get taxed 1099 or W2. I'm still writing that check and I'm ready to go. And I don't say this to be cocky. I just say that like this is the mindset. The mindset 
mindset here is, look, I'm trying to live large. I'm trying to live an unreal life. I'm trying to build for myself something that other real estate agents dream about. The difference is that when I show up to my office here at six o'clock in the morning, you know, there's 800 agents in my office. When I show up to my office at six o'clock in the morning, there's nobody here. You know what? Nine o'clock comes around, two people show up. Wednesday, Thursday, no one's here the whole day. When are people here? Friday, commission check day, right? Because there are some people who are here doing showings or some people here collecting checks. But the reality of it is that everyone's just sitting there to watch, you know, who's coming, who's getting what, who's, who's coming, who's doing, who's going. And if you're not actually showing up, the Monday, the Tuesday, the Wednesday, the Thursday, and the Friday, don't expect to be there Friday afternoon collecting that check because it's just not gonna be there because you haven't put in the work. And realizing that it doesn't make a difference how other people in this business operate, you are trying to do something that 98% of people in this business do not do. How many people do you know have done 20 million you know, in funding the first five months of the year? Not many. What are those people doing that's making them different? How are those people, how are the people that are in the Scotsman's Guide top 1% loan originators every single year, how do they continuously stay there? Because they're consistently finding other ways to be different. They're finding other ways to grow. They're not out there talking on social media about a new car that they got or about a vacation that they took. They're out here sharing wins of clients. They're out here sharing wins of what they've been able to do in order to help other people. You know why? Because when you share wins and you tell stories to your database about people who were struggling, guess what that shows? And you do that consistently, it shows other people that you are a problem solver, which ultimately that's what we're doing here in this business. We are here to help other people solve their problems and get paid. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the thing that you touched on there as well is like as a salesperson, I think so many times people are so resistant to, they think sales is a bad word. And I think that that is just BS programming that we've kind of, that's just happened over the years, right? And and so I think sales is, I mean, it's ultimately sales is service. Sales in the right way is a way for you to show someone. I mean, you got to think about this. A mortgage and a real estate transaction is probably the largest purchase that a, that a consumer is ever going to make in their entire life, right? So you got to think about it. They're scared. They're, they're fearful, things like that. So you have to show up as a leader and show up in a different way, especially when you're talking about things like cold, cold leads and, and, and talking to people that don't know, like, and trust you. You have to approach it in a different way. Educating people, educating people that are, that are your prospects isn't the best way to get them to, to, to commit to you. What that's all that's gonna do is gonna confuse them because you start talking about DTI and LTV and, and EMDs and, and all kinds of words that they're like, what in the world? This is like, and you gotta think about this, like Rocket Mortgage, I mean, they talk yeah. about push button, get mortgage, right? They understand human psychology. They understand what a human wants. They want fast, they want easy, they wanna run away from pain and they wanna run towards pro- pleasure. So you gotta think about that as you're, you're having your sales conversations, as you're having, uh, you know, and, and also, you touched, it, uh, you touched it too, is listening to what they say. I mean, uh, it's funny because we had a, a different podcast uh, specifically from a loan officer saying that he, he he had a conversation with a realtor. She actually reached out to him. She was like, oh, I heard a lot of good things about you. So he goes into his pitch. He's like, oh, yeah, we can close in 14 days. We can do this. We can do that. She's like, I don't want to close in 14 days. <laughs> Very that sounds stressful. I just want to know that you can close my deal on time. Yeah. That's all I want to know. And so like understanding that, that the, the prospect, you need to understand what their pain point is before you go into your arbitrary pitch because if you cannot gear your pitch or your, or your value proposition directly to what their pain point is, what their problem is, you're never gonna get that sale. So you gotta start shifting the way you think about this. You're not just pitching someone, you're, well, here's what I do, here's what I do for it. Because like, if you do that to everyone, not everybody, like you, you talked about it at the beginning of the, the show, right? Like this listing where they thought in their head, they thought they needed to wait 
until June. Like we get that all the time. People that think they need to wait six months to buy a house because they think they need 20% yeah. down. The consumer doesn't know anything. Understand where they at, are at, what their pain points are, what their fears are, and show them why those, I mean, maybe those, maybe those fears are true. Maybe they really do need to wait. And tell them I that love that you mentioned that. I, I, that know, is, yeah, like not to cut you off there, but that is literally it. Like there are, and, and that is like, that, that's it, man. The, the, so many people, like these mortgage brokers, they'll call, right? And they're trying to get me to like connect with them. They're like, oh, we can do this and we can do that. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't need that. You know, like like banks and, and brokerages, they try and find these hook points to solve problems. Like as a real estate agent, selling a house in 14 days, you know that there's 192 tasks that I have to do as a listing agent in order to sell a house. And there's 100 and I think it's 29 steps that I have to do in order to help a buyer buy a house. Now, if I got seven, eight, 10 transactions running all at the same time and getting a deal done in like 10 or 15 days, like, dude, no, thank you. Like, I don't need that. I don't need you to beat everybody's rate. You know, I don't need you. To, I just need you to answer the phone when I call you. I need, if you don't answer my call, just text right. me and be like, hey, I'm in a meeting. I'll call you back in 30. You know, I, I need you to be there when I have to put in an appraisal dispute. I need you to know how to put in a fucking appraisal dispute. I need you to, to know how to do these things to where I'm not helping you do that. If you need me to, you know, send you comps or whatever, I mean, totally go right ahead. Like, I'll do that. But at the same time, you need to know how to do the things that are trending in today's current market you're not just here to you know hook and book and how how are how are you know people able to build these crazy relationships with real estate agents and how am i able to have four or five lenders that are working for me to do whatever i need whenever i need at whatever time because we understand what the problems and what the dynamic is in our current market and what you need to do in order to be actually be competitive not say you're competitive not give yourself the dopamine rush of oh i just gave the guy the pitch and uh hopefully he'll buy it you know, it's not about that. It's about saying, right. hey, man, how can I help you grow and expand your business consistently? What are you struggling with? I love it. I mean, when you open it that way, I think that's that's huge. And, and, and the thing is, don't ask that question if you don't have any any ways to solve any of the problems, too. So that's the thing, too. It's like, yeah, you can ask that question, but like, you have to be able to think outside the box. You have to be able to say, hey, you know what we have? We can help you with videography. We can exactly. help you with marketing. We can help. Let's do some. Let's do some podcasts together. Let's do videos together and post them on on Facebook and, and promote this this thing. Let's like these are ways that you can help them grow. But like if you just come to them and say I have the fastest rate, you know, I have the fastest turn times, good rate, yada yada yada. I answer the phone all the time. Like cool. The truth is like most realtors want to do business with lenders that just do the basics right. Like that communicate, that can close deals on time, and that communicate. Oh, did I say communicate twice? Yes, you need to communicate a lot. You need to communicate a lot more than you think you need to because if the realtor is reaching out to you looking for status, you've already lost, <laughs> right? You've already lost. Especially now. I mean, I got five appraisal disputes going on right now, right? And two of them are with one lender. Two of them are with another lender. And then another one of them is with another lender. And I literally see it now. I'm like, oh, I'm never working with that dude again. Oh, no. Like, I'm not going to do that. Oh, no. I would, you know. And seeing the way that people really, like, show up for their clients. And, you know, I love the fact, like, I actually prepared a little, like, sheet of, you know, I, I know that a lot of lenders listen to this podcast and they're looking for ways to connect. And I'm sure that a lot of people would be interested in hearing from a real estate agent, like what the things are that, that really make us tick. And this is literally number one, like communication, because you got to remember, I am the guy who, when a client gets a low appraisal, yeah, they'll call you 
but I'm really the guy who they're like, you know, and again, I might think this way. You might feel differently, and that's totally cool. But the, the, I feel like I take the heavy brunt of it, you know, because I'm the one who's helping them, you know, get their, their down payment from their dad or talk to their dad or talk to their mom or, or talk to their grandmother or, you know, walking them through 10 other houses until we finally find the one house and all that, st- that stuff. And now right. in terms of managing their expectations and helping them get their dreams, they're relying on me. And all of a sudden they feel like, what's happening to my dreams? You know, it's all going to shit. And from that angle, um, you know, really showing up in a way that it helps your dynamic. It's not necessarily about closing quickly or having easy underwriting programs. Dude, I don't want to work with someone who's got a 550 credit score. If someone's got a 550 credit score, there's a reason why he has a fucking 550 credit score. It's art to be able to get a credit score like that, you know, and keep it low. And if you have those types of programs, it means that you're talking with lower class clients. And for real estate agents who are able to pick their, their clients and their database who actually understand what database marketing is and how that works, which I'm sure we'll get to in a minute you know we don't want to have a database filled with people who have 550 credit scores because chances are those scores are not going up yep yep yeah so now let's 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 pivot a little bit into into that right like uh, you know i know we talked a lot of kind of like overview or, or just like mindset things like that but let's talk a little bit about some of the strategies some of the tactics or i know you, you prepared this list let's go through the list real quick and then let's get to some like active strategies some, some things that you're doing right now sure 100 percent. so active strategies like this um my list was was number one was show up right like literally show up like just be there just let people know that you're here one of my favorite things to do is over the weekend i'm not available because you know on shabbat i don't work but i do have becca who's my amazing admin and she responds to all my phone calls all my emails and everything so if i have any active deals right around 5 30 uh we send out an email uh which has a video embedded into it and it basically says hey um, just want to let you know that we're here in case you need anything over the weekend. Um, I may or may not be able to take your call. However, if you send me over a text message, if you get my voicemail, someone will reply to you within the next two to four hours. That's a guarantee. Try me. Make it a great weekend, right? And Becca, my admin, she knows that she's got to respond to everything right away. So she carries a phone that's got all of my you know phone numbers connected to it. And she responds right away, even if it's just a, 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 a message, hey, um, Joe will be back in touch with you as soon as the Shabbat is over, right? But it's just a communication that the clients have, that the, that the clients need. And it's that they can consistently sure. rely on it. They know that it's going to be there, right? Now, step number two from this list is have a clear strategy. Understand what your process is, how you're going to deal with clients. Understand where your stages are. If you use a CRM, which I really hope you use a CRM. If you don't, start off with Pipedrive. Uh, go download the app, check it out, see what it is. It's a very s- simple CRM on your phone. And then when you sign up with Paragon, uh, you'll get access to a much better, higher level system that you'll be able to use that actually has some automations built into it as well, which is awesome. And what you'll be able to do is you'll be able to start managing different pipeline levels. And the idea is that every single pipeline should have what's called the standard operating procedure. In the military, one of the big things that we had for every single thing that we did was there was a checklist on how to do it. And when we first finished finished basic training and moved into active duty, we got this book. It was like 40 pages. It was like standard operating procedures for everything. You know, there's a, there's, 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 you need to fill up gas in a Humvee. This is who you have to get approval from. This is the log you have to fill out. This is what you have to do. You need more ammo. This is where you go. This is what you do. This is what you have to sign. And every single thing is broken down step by step by step by step by step. And sometimes you might think to yourself, well, yeah, that that's obvious, but you're like, yeah, but it's part of the manual because for me, it might be obvious that if someone's pre-approved, the first thing I do is set them up on an auto listing matrix search to be able to go and find houses and get them right away. But my admin might not know that. 
So, and other people that we're right. going to be training as we expand, even some agents might not know that. You know, when someone's pre-approved, you want to double check their lender. You want to double check all those things. All that stuff is in a standard operating procedure. When someone calls you and they say, hey, I want to get pre-approved, you know, you know that they need driver's license, pay stubs, proof of income, you know, letter of employment, verification, all that stuff. But the people that you're going to be hiring, the newer mortgage brokers that may be joining your company, they won't necessarily know that. And hey, who knows? Everyone has an off day. There might be one day that someone calls you and you, I don't know. But if you continue running through these things to where it's a standard operating procedure in your head, it will never leave. And you'll be able to continue doing that. And this is more like you were saying, running your business like a real business. And that's really step number three, right? Is understanding that a business is only as strong as its owner. And you being the business owner, regardless of whether your tax status is W-2 or 1099, you run your business. You're responsible for your business. We are all all commission-based salespeople, right? And the people who are on salary, I have a lot of respect right. for that. And you know what? Maybe one day you'll get out there and you'll have the confidence to go. And maybe from this, you'll have the confidence to go out and try the commission-only space. It's so fucking rewarding. But you just have to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row, right? And and that's really this play is, you know, understanding that the business is only as strong as the business owner. And step number four is making sure that you take time for yourself. As much as we talk about this, you know, how to do this and how to do that and how to do that, you know, I feel like I'm always on. So sometimes I just need to take a vacation and I make sure that I build into my schedule times that I'm able to get out and unplug and literally not have to touch my phone because otherwise you'll go nuts. But but you can't do that if you don't have standard exactly. standard operating Exactly, it's impossible. Right? And that's that's I was going to circle back to that. I was going to say, "Look, like you can't you can't have like have your cake, own the bakery and eat it too unless you first went and figured out how to run a bakery." Then you figured out how to find a good location. Then you figured out good recipes and got good people in your kitchen. And then you taste tested everything to a point that, you know, you brought in all these people to do taste tests and you really started getting good reviews. So some people try to have the cake, make the cake, eat it, do all of that stuff. Like you were saying, you know, you're in sales. So you open the application, you follow up with them when they found the house, you take their actual loan application, which, okay, I get it. You need to because you're the mortgage broker. But once you pass it off into underwriting, don't be babysitting underwriting. You, if you don't trust your underwriting team to get the job done for you, you're in the wrong fucking company. You have the wrong underwriter. You need to go, and yeah, I know everyone's gonna say, oh, UWM, I understand that, I get that, okay? At the end of the day, you're a broker, and there are some times that you do have to sit and babysit files, but it shouldn't be you. It should be your admin or, or, or somebody who's working for you that part of their SOP is every single morning they check in with your underwriter at UWM or whatever other bank that you're going to, to go and double check and make sure that all your files are still running properly. You shouldn't have to be doing that. And that's really step number five is learning how to delegate. Right. Learn what income producing activities actually are and how to apply those in your space. If I am now going to you know, start sending MLS listings to people every single morning, right? Then I just took a $500 per hour value and I'm spending now what $20 can do for me. Because if I'm paying someone $20 an hour to go and check in with all my clients every single morning and double check and schedule appointments, and I do that instead myself, I'm literally losing $480 an hour because I value myself at $500 an hour. So what you got to figure out is you got to figure out how to do the income producing activities that are actually making the highest level of income. And yeah, listen, it's a big responsibility to have somebody on salary. It's a big responsibility to know that, you know, your skills and sales skills are responsible for paying other people's bills. But at the same time, I mean, hey, boss the fuck up. You're in an industry that you got to be in control of what you're doing. And obviously don't do that from day one. Figure out a way to get out of that fast five. And then from the fast five, delegate, 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 delegate. 
and don't be scared to do it. I was very nervous to do that in the beginning. Sorry, well, go on. No, 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 I was going to say, and you can start something with like a virtual assistant, something like that. I mean, you can get for, for fairly cheap, 500 to 1,000 bucks a month, you can find someone that can do all of the busy work for you, obviously, but you need the standard operating procedures to give them that work, right? And, and one of the things that I think people overlook is like, it's, it's not as hard as you think to give some of that stuff up. You really like try to control all this stuff. I can do it better than everybody else. I can do it faster. And yeah, of course, in the moment, it's faster to, for you to just do something. But over over time, you got to think about how many times are you doing this activity when you could have spent an hour, two hours, three hours stand, just basically mapping out what that looked like, creating a checklist and using something like Loom. Loom Video is a free uh, video extension that you can literally use to record videos and record your screen and show them exactly the steps that they need to go to to uh, to, to do the things, to do the thing that you want them to do, right? So if you do any paperwork, if you have any compliance stuff, if you're chasing docs, things like that, you can have someone, you know, overseas, you can have someone in the Philippines, in Mexico, in, in South America, uh, you know, in the Middle East, anywhere that is able to do these things for you at a much cheaper rate than you could find someone stateside. Then over time, you can bring people in stateside as well. But that is just a, a, an option for people that think, hey, it's going to cost me you know, a ton of money every single month to have a, a, a person. It's like, and you know what? It might cost you a ton of money to bring someone um, into your office, make more fucking money. <laughs> like, like seriously, like, you know, I, I used to limit myself a lot with those things. And I was like, hey, like, you know, this, this is, this is, this is money, man. Like this is big, you know, especially with like the go high level and, you know, with the, 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 the $2,500 commitment here and the commitment here and the commitment here before you know it, you know, you're in at like seven, eight K a month in overhead. And I'm like, yo, this is scary. And the answer is yes, it is scary. But, but at the same time, if you trust yourself and you believe the process and you, and you jump into the process and you work it, mm-hmm. then you know what? It will be a little scary. But two months in, you'll be like, yo, this is the best thing I've ever done. And, and that's really, you know, the, the thing is that you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like if I'm okay with doing something, if I'm going to be a paper pusher, then I'll be a paper pusher forever and I'm never going to scale. But I had needed this addendum to be rid up, you know, because the bank and whatever wording verbiage and addendum. Okay. I sent an email to Becca. Becca went, wrote it all up together because she already had all these different addendum verbiage of how I like certain things to do to be written up. And I said, Hey, do me a favor, copy, you know, uh, addendum three, change out these five words and send it to this client, this client, this client, sellers and buyers, because I'm doing both sides of the transaction. Send to them for signatures and do me a favor, make sure that the buyer signs first. So she knows exactly how to set that up already because I've used Loom to record all of that and I showed her the back end of my software. And these aren't things that you need to be licensed to do. You need to be licensed to sell houses and put your name on a contract. That's what you need to be licensed to do. Everything else right. can be sourced out. From a mortgage end, it's the same thing. Running credit is one of the only things that you need to be actually be and sending closing disclosures and statements and docs and reviewing rates are really the only things that you have to be licensed for. So get comfortable with subbing those things out and with giving them to somebody else who you've trained to your standards, to your procedures. And the only way to really do this is by breaking down the nitty gritty as to what are you doing in order to further your business and then once you figure out what you're doing, you got to go and put it down on paper. you got to put it down on paper. And one of my favorite things is to actually record everything and then send it, upload it, um, and then and then just get it all in a PDF. And when you get it all in a PDF, I use Rev.com. It's my favorite, one of my favorite, favorite ways to do it. I wrote one of my books on Rev.com. I basically recorded the whole thing audio. Then I uploaded it. Within 45 minutes, I had everything back in PDF documents. And then you go and you format it and boom, you're set. Love it. 
Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's there's so many ways that you can be more efficient, and I think so many people just forget to think about those things, and they 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 live a reactive or they have a reactive business, right? They like, okay, well, what are the things I need to do? Oh, well, you know, I got to take care of this fire, and I got to take care of this fire, and I got to take care of this fire, and next thing you know, you're always taking care of fires, and you're never growing your business, and that's why there's that feast or famine where you, you know you have a good month because you're prospecting, you're prospecting, you're prospecting, and then all of a sudden you have bad months. Like, man, what happened? Well, in, I think it's uh, fanatical prospecting. He talks about the concept of I think it's called the 30 day rule. The actions that you take to, over the next 30 days are going to have consequences over the next 90, good or bad consequences, right? Like it's you know if you if you do the revenue generating activities consistently over these next 30 days, the next 90 days you're going to see the fruits of your labor. If you don't do anything over the next 30 days, for the next 90 days you're going to start to see the fruits of your unlabor or you're not doing anything, right? And so just understanding that you know, there's there's a lag time between. So that's why you're yeah. just gonna see that. Like you're gonna do all this stuff. You're gonna close four or five loans, and then two months later, you're gonna close nothing. And then three or four months later, you're gonna close five loans because you're like, hey man, I gotta get. And so there's this. You know, you have to be consistent throughout this whole time to to, to grow that. So again, I know we've kind of uh, beat, beaten a dead horse there. We've nah, talked about this kind of the whole time, though. but let's let's kind of shift go into ahead. some. Yeah, go for it, man. And let's shift into some tactics too, because I know you do a lot of things with social media, uh, things like that. So so just kind of. Once we get through this, let's talk through, you know, one or two different tactics that people can use today, loan officers can use today to go out and get more business. Awesome. Yeah. One more thing. I just, I wanted to pull it up to make sure I didn't forget. There's this quote from one of my coaches, which is, if you prospect consistently, you will consistently have business. If you don't prospect consistently, then you won't have. Now, inconsistent prospecting leads to inconsistent paychecks. Consistent prospecting leads to consistent paychecks. And that's the play. There is a 90 to 120 day lag from anything that you're gonna do in this business until loans actually start closing. Because remember, we're in the business where the average deal takes anywhere from 30 to 45 days, unless you're one of those magical lenders that can close in 10 days, you know? Well, and that's still not even rea- that's still not even reality because like we have to understand that like the consumer goes through a much longer decision-making process than the 30 to Correct. 45 day contract period, right? That's the thing, right? Like so many times I think lenders forget, I think realtors have it a little bit more down because uh, you know, obviously they're getting to the lead first. They, they know the process of nurturing things like that, lenders so many times well, hey, it like, no, I can close a deal in 30 days I was like yeah but that's because you're getting them that's because you're getting them after they've sat around for 18 months looking at Zillow looking at stuff talking to their neighbor talking to their mom talking to their grandma like there's a huge decision-making process that has to happen before they decide that it's time to get into contract then they hit up the realtor and then the realtor is like okay well let's go look at houses oh but you need to get pre-approved exactly and then that's when you get them right like so again that's a huge period of time and so yeah sure there's a 30 45 day window of contract but like most people are going to take much you know, statistically, and that's what I was pulling up on my phone. Statistically, my average buyer has actually been in the market for over a year until they until they actually found me or started working with me. Like that, that's my number. You know, because we always ask, "Hey, how long have you been working? You know, how long have you been thinking about this?" Or because you know, obviously, we try to gauge. So we have three questions. This is strategy, right? Three questions that we use uh, in order to really nail down who's real, who's not. Have you been out already looking with other realtors for houses? This is something you can ask as a lender. Have you already gone with another realtor looking for houses? And for you, that actually works for two great reasons. Number one, if they say yes, you turn around, you go, hey, have you pre-approved? If they say no, you already know in the back of your head, hey, this this realtor might not be the best person to work with because they're not doing things properly, right? Then also, you know that now you right. can step in here as, 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 as a person of authority and be like, well, you know, it's actually funny that they didn't ask you for a pre-approval before because in today's market, most sellers are actually asking for pre-approvals before people even go and step into houses because the market's really hot. And also, you know, I, I, what type of house were you looking at before, right? And then they can tell you, you ask them for the address, they'll tell you what 
it is. You pull it up on Zillow or whatever. And you know, now you know they're looking at a $700,000 house. So you know what their expectations are. So you can turn around and go even bigger and say, hey, look, you know, I would hate for you to go and actually check out another house. And then I would do my underwriting and I would look around in your file and I would find out that you actually don't necessarily qualify for that amount of house. So why don't we do this? Why don't we make this very simple? There's just a couple of documents that I need in order for you to be able to, for me to be able to send you a pre-approval. Um, if you have a couple of minutes, let's talk about that now. Now, here's where a lot of lenders go wrong. And I've seen it happen many times, especially with online leads. Hey, I'm going to send you an email with a couple of documents that I'm going to need. If you can reply to that email as soon as you you can. Oh, well, I'm at work now, so I'll be home at five o'clock. Okay, cool. No problem. I'll send you that email. Here's what's going to happen, okay? These people that you found now off of your online lead form, I promise you they filled out at least another three or five online lead forms. The emails that they're going to have by the time they're done getting home from work, there's going to be 10, 15 emails. Because if you're an aggressive email guy, right, you send out three emails in the first 24 hours. One of them has got a video, two of them are text. So you, their emails already flooded, not just with yours, but with, you know, Mark's and, and Nick's and, 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 and Luke's and, and Joe's and everyone else's emails. Everybody's emails are all in there. So then they look at them and what, what do you do when you have a whole bunch of spam emails in your, in your email? You hit the check mark and you delete all. And then you just fucking move on with your life. So, boom, right. there goes that. Instead of that, you turn around and you go, oh, yeah, you'll be home at 5 o'clock. Well, awesome. You know, a lot of people kind of get overwhelmed sometimes in my experience with all the paperwork necessary. What if I gave you a call at 5.30 later on this afternoon and we can sit down and review it one by one by one. Hey, quick question. Do you have your tax returns for this past year, 2021, 2020, handy? Yeah, you do? Okay, awesome. You work W-2, right? Yeah, just assume it. And they go, yeah. You go, okay, beautiful, fantastic. And, you know, does your company pay you payroll online or is it done, uh, you know, in person? And boom, you already know. If they work with ADP, they can log in right away and they can grab their tax documents without even thinking twice. So all you got to do now is you got to set an appointment for 5.30 and say, hey, I'll hop on the phone with you at 5.30. Let's go ahead and prepare all the documents because anybody can pull up a pay stub. Anybody can pull up tax documents. Anybody can send you a copy of their driver's license. Anybody can send you a copy of their bank statements in a couple of minutes. All they need to do is be present. So if you make sure they're in front of their computer, you know, when you set that appointment, you go, hey, okay, so I'll call you at 5.30. I just need one thing from you. Okay, you're going to be buying this house by yourself with your wife. Oh, you and your wife. Okay, cool. I need the both of you to be here ready for the phone call. And if you can have a desktop computer open, just so like that, I can walk you through everything. It's going to take about 30 to 45 minutes, but I promise you this will be the longest phone call that we'll ever have. And boom, there you go. You just set yourself a mortgage appointment. Congratulations. So now that you're figuring out how to do those types of things, this is the type of efficiency we're talking about. It's not about spending a week not doing any prospecting because you're figuring out how to connect, you know, Zapier to your Facebook account and how to connect a Calendly link and how to color code and label everything so it looks very aesthetically pleasing. Bro, Google me, okay? You'll see half my websites, they're not the most modern, the most cleanest, but you know what? They get the job done. And yes, it's something that I'm working on fixing. It's something that I actively know. But at the same time, you know, I hired two website designers and they're both not that good. So they both did what they did. And I said, you know what? I am busy right now with business. I'm not going to allow myself to get stuck in that hole because I am a perfectionist. But at the same time, getting right. comfortable with delegating and getting comfortable with pushing that off to someone else is the best thing that you can do. Because once you set that appointment, once you have those that paperwork, you run credit. You can run credit at any time, right? And then nine o'clock in the morning when rates open up you can turn around just send out that pre-closing disclosure get them pre-approved and then call one of your realtor friends which by the way another sick way to get in touch with real estate agents okay two really cool strategies number one don't ever call a real estate agent asking for referrals like that's the shittiest way to get business like it's 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 cool don't get me wrong but it's very like 2019 no disrespect to anybody who does that i have a friend who calls um you know it's called the nine o'clock monday morning realtor phone call 
Um, you know, and he laughs at them and he makes fun of them because like, no disrespect to anybody in the business, but if you're still doing that, you're two years behind. You're that guy who right now is getting priced out. Yeah, I mean, you're that guy who's like getting priced out right now with refis and you're trying to find new business, right? So you're calling real estate agents saying, hey, I closed 80 loans last year and uh, I'm really good at this business. And I'm like, dude, well, if you closed 80 loans last year, why the fuck are you calling me for referrals? Like, let's be real, you know? And and when you think about it like that, it's like, whoa, yeah, that's that's true, right? You need to have your own source of business to in order to share with other real estate agents because if you have that, the, you will have real estate agents who will do anything you need in order to make sure that they keep your pipeline of business, even if it's two or three referrals a week. Seriously, like you can demand whatever you want from people that you work with if you're the one who's in control of the lead. But if you have to sit here and beg real estate agents to come sit down with coffee for you, bro, I am talking to a lead instead of getting, you know, sit at a Starbucks for five minutes even. Like the shortest meeting I've ever had was 35 seconds. It was with a mortgage worker when I first got into the business. We were at Starbucks right around the corner over here in Aventura. And the guy, you know, brought all these these spreadsheets and graph sheets and stuff. And I'm like, dude, what? I don't need any of that. I just need to know, can you get my client pre-approved? Are you aggressive? Can you make sure that he stays pre-approved? And can you make sure that he knows everything he needs to know? And then can you get it locked down? Are you willing to call the real estate agent when I send a, a, a an offer to you know double tap the offer and make sure that the offer is solid and give them a golden ticket guarantee. Oh, what is a golden ticket guarantee? So two more things, right? Number one, if you're trying to get business from real estate agents, call top producers who have done tons of transactions, who've been in this business for a while and say, hey man, look, uh, how many reviews are you getting based off of the transactions that you're doing? And I'll tell you this as a real estate agent, it is very, very, very hard to stay on top of clients to send us reviews. A lot of my clients will just, you know, email me, tell me thank you, and I'll post it on my story and that looks dope. But for social proof, like on Google or Facebook or something, it's very, very hard to do. And that's just because they're happy already. You know, if I asked them to do it before closing, they'd probably say, yeah, but who the hell asks for a review before the job is done? That's something shady you do, right? So what I do is I have a loan partner who actually calls my clients and they say, hey, you know, what's up? It's 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 Luke. And I'm calling, you know, on behalf of Joe Brickman, and I just know that he had done a deal with you in the past, and I just wanted to ask you, is there anything else that we can do for you? Is there any questions you have, anything I can help you with? And what that does is, you know, first of all, it makes you non-threatening. So now when the refi does come up in six months, you can always call them back and be like, hey, what's up? You know, and then number two, it also helps me because now you turn around and I'm getting feedback. I'm getting live feedback. And then you say, hey, look, you know, Joe's running this thing right now for people who leave him five star reviews. Hey, can I send you a $10 Starbucks gift card? Let me just send you over a, a, an email right now with a link to our Google. If you can just leave us a review real quick, that'd be dope. You're not introducing yourself as a lender. You're not introducing who you are, what you work with. You're just calling on behalf of. And when you do that, I promise you, if you go to a real estate team, if you've got like a big brokerage, big box brokerage team, just call up the team lead and be like, hey, I want to get all your agents reviews. Would it be cool if uh, I came over to your office and showed you this cool strategy that I got? It'll take you five minutes. And then you ask him for his most recent closing and you get the phone number and you call him. And what happens is now you've done two things. Number one, you built yourself a new database. It's called database infiltration. You literally just got someone else's database. And no, you're not going to be prospecting them like a retard as you do on Facebook leads. Some people don't like that word. Sorry. No, you're not going to crazy, you know, be prospecting them. You're just going to be texting them in a couple of months. What's up? I'm following up with you on behalf of Joe. Remember me, right? And that's all it is because that's that instant street credibility right there. They've already worked with me. They've already closed the deal. They're already happy. They've already left me a review and gotten a $10 Starbucks gift card. Right. Now you're just that familiar voice that they remember. And all of a sudden, everybody's in your database. So instead of sending them weekly up marketing updates in 
two months from now, you can use list reports and you can use one of those other cool softwares that are available at HomeSmart or whatever it's called. And HomeBot, there you go. Um, and you can, um, you know, just follow this little sequence with them where every two, three months they hear from you and they get comfortable with who you are. Phenomenal way to do it. And it, it really doesn't cost you anything. Like it's literally just like you're going to go and sit with a realtor and the realtors will love you because you make them look and feel awesome. That's that's really the play to that, right? Well, and you're giving them and you're giving them value, and you're showing them something too, because like you know, obviously you, you probably can't do that at scale, but you can show them here is the strategy. You don't want to do this at scale, bro. Use. Hey, you know what? You can you can train up an admin. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can train up an admin to do this exact thing that I just showed you to do. You want me to help you train up your admin real quick, you know, or something like that? Obviously, no, you don't. Do that either, but like here's here's the script. Use this. Train that. Train train your admin on this exact script. Uh, you know, and then. It just again it shows up in a different way and like again there's so many different ways that you can do that like it doesn't have to be what, what joe just said but there's like so many ways that you can bring more value beyond hey you're running an open house on the weekend this weekend um cool man well would it be cool if i just popped by and said what's up you know came to meet your agents people like me i got showing agents right so i'm not necessarily at every single open house and i tell my sellers that in the beginning i tell my sellers i go hey look i i may not be available on the day that you choose you choose to have your house ready for showings so you know if it's not me i may have one or two other agents that will come by and i promise you you know it won't be like a market fair everybody will come in we'll sign in we'll know exactly who's coming in most of the time my sellers are really cool with it so it gives you an opportunity to meet other agents on my team you don't know what other people on my team are doing you're only chasing me so you want to be able to like you know sit down and talk to those other agents be like hey anything you're struggling with and you know this is also that thing of running your business like a business owner when you continuously Invest in yourself to get better, to train, to become better. You can share other strategies with realtors. Like I hear realtors all the time in my office talking about things that I'm like, whoa, that's a problem. You know, hey, this is what I do, you know. And then instead of saying, hey, this is what I do, say, can I suggest something, you know, because it makes you sound a little less cocky and people are a lot more receptive when you suggest versus telling them what to do. And realtors hate fucking listening to lenders when they tell them what to do. Like it's like, no, dude, you don't get my business. But it's not true because as a lender, you see the struggles that people are having with rates. You see, like, uh, personally, I try to not get involved in people's financials. It's none of my business. I'm just here to get them a house and then it's all the lender's deal. So you get to see that whole back end of stuff. You get to relay information to lender, to real estate agents. This is why communication is so important, especially when an appraisal goes bad or something doesn't work out. You can call me before you call the buyer and say, hey, dude, um, I'm about to call your client. Just let them know what's going on. What do you think we should do? Have these little strategy sessions. Try to talk any active deal that you're working with every single morning. And I know it's a big ask, but again, if you're going to delegate this stuff, you won't have to be dealing with it. And if you're working 10 or 15 transactions simultaneously, which obviously is the goal, if you work 15 transactions every month, you'll make a million dollars in a year. It's a done deal. But but that being said, part of that million dollars, you've got to be spending 60, 70K on getting somebody else who's going to handle that phone call. Hey, what's going on? It's Becca from Modern Day Agents Office. Just want to let you know, this is where we're holding. This is what we need. Hey, did you get that estoppel letter? You know, all these little things that all come into that SOP. Right. Dude, I love it. This is freaking awesome, man. There, there's, a, there's a ton of opportunity out there, guys. And, and if you're listening to this, uh, you know, we've already talked about a bunch of things, bunch of ways that you can grow your business. But Joe, if there was one thing, if you, if you were to get, let's say you were going to get, if you're going to start over in your business, what is one thing that you would do today to go out and get It's <sighs> a good question. Um, I would show up, man. No, I, I would literally sure. show up. Like the one thing I would do in my business, I know, like, okay, let's be real. Everybody knows 
what it takes to be successful. Because you've listened to this podcast, you've listened to the six other podcasts you have, you've watched the Tony Robbins bullshit, you've watched this guy, you've watched that guy, you pay this guy for his membership, you know, you read these books, you do this stuff. Everybody knows what you gotta do. How many people are out there doing it? How many people are out there actually doing it? Not just once, you know? You wanna lose weight. Like I dropped like 30 pounds in the last couple of months, right? How did I do that? I didn't just show up to the gym once. I'm at the gym every single day. These days I'm working out twice a day. I'm doing 75 hard phase two. And going through that whole thing, it's, 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 yeah, you show up and you don't necessarily want to do it. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's not like I wake up every single morning with enthusiasm to jump in a fucking ice bath. You gotta be retarded. Like literally psycho to jump into an ice bath every single morning with exuberance. But the first 10, 15 days, it's hard, man. And I'm loading up the ice bath with 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 ice and I'm running the thermostat and I'm like, yo, this is 40 degrees. Do I really wanna do this right now? You know? And then you stop thinking and you jump and you do it again 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 until this point now I actually look forward to it now I look forward to it because I've done it for a month and a half already and my body's like oh dude I'm gonna get woken up like I'm I'm ready for it you know and if I don't do it in the morning and if I fall behind my schedule I feel it it's different you gotta do it you gotta show up and you gotta build a real routine build a routine that you know you can follow don't like I get up at 3.30 in the morning now but when I first got into business I was waking up at 6.30 in the morning now I just I'm I'm just so loaded with so many responsibilities that it makes more sense for me to work when it's a little quieter and I have more lead time until my phone starts ringing. That now I can justify and I have reasons to get up that early. But if you're gonna wake up, go from waking up at nine o'clock in the morning to three thirty in the morning, great. You're gonna do that for two days and then you're just not gonna do that anymore. Build yourself a schedule. Do things, right. do the little things, you know, do the small little contributions because you'll see if you even improve yourself one percent. Every single day, by the end of the year, you're gonna have improved yourself by 365%. And it's not 1% different things every day. It's working on yourself on these couple of things. Hey, I struggle with being consistent. I struggle with you know, depression. I struggle with this. I struggle with my anxiety. I struggle with how I feel. And then you just show up and say, you know what, dude? That's it, today's the day, I'm done. If there's one thing that you get from the hour of this podcast is figure out a way, take a pen and take a paper, and write down the things that you're avoiding, write down the things you're struggling with, figure out how to build your unreal life because the only person who can really do that is you. Take ownership of that shit, make it happen. Love it, man, love it. Awesome, man. Just to kind of close out, where can people kind of check some more information? I know we've gone for a long time here, so I'm going to cut you off here. <laughs> we could talk for yes. another two hours, but uh, let's, let's, let's not make everybody suffer through our rants and, and ravings. But uh, where can people find some more information about you or kind of you know, find you online or you know, whatever? Uh, you know, if you, if you for sure, man, Google me. Just Google my name, Joe Brickman, J-O-E-B-R-I-K-M-A-N. I should pop up right there. Uh, if you wanted to text me, you can shoot me a text at 954-493-1100. Google me at The Modern Day Agent. Find me on Instagram at Gotta Call Joe. And that's my social media handle. So you got it all right there. Anything anybody listening to this podcast needs, if you're going to try and get in touch with me, shoot me a text message first. Let me know that you got my contact information from the podcast and I'll do whatever I can to help you out. But hey, one condition. Do not reach out to me if you're not planning on being consistent because it ain't going to work. Yeah, I was going to say that, man. So so just to kind of close out, I think the biggest thing, the biggest thread that we talked about today is, you know, doing the things, the hard things day in and day out. There is no such thing as a shortcut. The only shortcut 
uh, to success is paying people, but it still takes time. It still takes effort. Um, and the truth is as well, I think you touched on it a, a couple minutes ago was, um, was, you know, more, we already have the information. And, and one of my favorite quotes just to kind of end here is a, a quote by Derek Sivers. It says, if, if more information was the answer, then we'd all be billionaires with six pack abs. Right. So really we don't need more information. We need more action. So go out, take action, go out and grow your business by being consistent time after time after time, day after day after day, and you're going to see and reap the results of the consistency over time. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Peace. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. The Loans On Demand podcast.